I honestly think that the cue to try to keep your knees behind the plane of your toes is the worst cue known to man when it comes to teaching a squat. Yet it's so it's so overly utilized that I think it helps people to get into a bad squat position. So I never really use the uh, try to keep your knees behind your toes cue. I really am looking at, again, how their hip, knee, and ankle is moving because based off of their you know their anatomical levers that's going to change their each person's squat is going to be a little different but if i look at how their hip knee and ankle is working together that can help me to individualize the squat coaching to that individual the second thing that i'm looking at is where is their weight distribution because that tells you a lot as to how they're controlling their center of gravity but also how they're utilizing their muscles in the squat pattern welcome to the hnl movement podcast where everything is geared to leveling up your performance in activities sports and life join me in my professional journey as i share my knowledge and experiences while also learning from professionals colleagues clients and you with one goal in mind how to optimize human performance this is the right place to learn how a multi-dimensional approach will sustain the performance and lifestyle you desire welcome back everyone and today's episode we are going to break down the squat technique and just basic fundamentals of a squat that will help everybody it doesn't matter if you're training for a sport if you're trying to improve your the weights that you're squatting the resistance the load doesn't matter if you're trying to jump higher but all of these basic fundamentals will help you to tune up your squat so that you can perform better and minimize your injury risks. So what I want to do today is we're going to break down the basic squat techniques and I'm going to go over some key areas. The first thing that I want to say before I dive into the techniques are that no one has a perfect squat. Basically, because the squat is such a complex movement in involving everything from your head to your toe, there's always going to be some compensations, some areas that we can really tune up with your squat. So there's no perfect squat. But with that in mind, there's always going to be things to work on and things that we can tune up and areas that might need a little bit more focus, especially as you start to move a little differently or just compensations tend to set in from activities, sports and other things. So what I want to dive into today are key areas and emphasizing that the squat technique is it, it it involves your full body. So the first thing I want to say is that it's not just the knee joint that we're looking at. You want to look at that full body coordination and how everything is working together and integrating when you do the squat techniques. Basically, to start off, let's go into I'm going to give six basic tips of squat fundamentals that I usually have a a lot of people ask me questions about and this is what I do kind of day in and day out to tune up people's squats after injury or just to perform better or just to kind of get stronger and minimize their injury risks. So the first squat tip is going to be dealing with your feet width and position. A lot of times people ask me, okay, how wide do I want my squat? So if we're talking about a basic fundamental squat, Typically, the width that I'm looking at is the width that you feel most powerful in. And that's going to be the width that if I told you to do like a vertical jump, try to jump as high as you can, typically your feet width will naturally fall somewhere in between hip width and shoulder width apart. And that's really where you generate the most power. 
for beginners who don't know what width is their kind of power width yet, then this might involve some coaching. But for the most part, this is a natural thing. If you tell someone, okay, I want you to jump as high as you can, they're naturally going to place their feet at a certain width. The second thing is feet position. Typically, what I'm coaching with a basic squat is that your toes are pointing straight ahead. So for a lot of people, this might seem a little awkward at first, especially if they're not used to pointing their toes straight ahead. So I'm looking at their feet completely parallel. Um, I'm not trying to coach someone for a basic squat to have their feet angled outwards even a little bit. I really want to train feet pointing forward. And the reason for this is there's a lot of It changes the way that your foot, your arch, and everything can interact with the ground. Also changes the way that you use your ankles, your hips, and just having a good, solid contact with the ground with your feet pointing straight ahead. I think that tends to help everything up the chain work a little better. So that's tip number one. Feet width and feet position. I want it straight ahead. About that power stance where it's somewhere in between your hip width and your shoulder width. Tip number two is I look at weight distribution during the squat. So weight distribution locally with the feet, I want three points of contact, like this tripod contact in your foot. So I'm talking about the ball of the big toe, the ball of the little toe, and the heel to always be pressing evenly into the ground and have even weight distribution throughout that range of motion. Now, the points of contact, I do tend to coach as you get more progressive with the squat, that you want to have a little bit more weight towards the heel, maybe like 60% towards the heel, 40% on the ball of the foot, but you're still not losing that distribution of that weight uh, distribution on your foot or that contact points. Typically what happens is for people that lack that control of their arch, they'll be more pronators. So they'll dive in into the medial side or the inside of their foot and you'll see that the ball of the big toe tends to lose some contact points. For people that are vice versa, they're squatting with their knees maybe excessively far apart and they're rolling up on the outside of their foot. They're losing a lot of that contact point and that muscle activation in the inside of their arch because they're losing contact with the ball of the big toe. And vice versa, a lot of people who are not really... Um, strong in the quads or for other reasons that might want to lean forward and distribute more of the weight on the ball of their foot you really want to get them back and trying to push that heel into the ground throughout the whole range of motion so that's kind of the weight distribution i want good contact points between the foot and the ground and i want slightly more weight distributed towards the heel side about that 60 percent on the heel 40 percent on the ball of the foot The third component, this is a big one. The squat motion is a full body integrated motion. It seems like a basic movement pattern. Um, It's something that most of us have to learn throughout life, but it's also a very complex movement pattern with all of these different moving parts and the way that your muscles control the range of motion and the movement through the squat. So I can't emphasize this enough. I'm basically looking for the lower extremity I'm looking at the interaction and how everything is working together between the foot, the ankle, the knee, and the hip. All joints are going to be moving or doing something actively throughout the squat. 
And when one part is not doing its job, then the other areas, other joints have to make up for it somehow. And that's hands down going to happen 100% of the time. So I think when we get to tunnel vision and we're only looking, let's say, at the knee joint and you're disregarding what the hip, the ankle and the foot is doing, then sometimes you can't even make the adequate corrections or the right corrections that will make the change that you're looking for because you're just looking at one joint. So again, expand that vision and look at how everything is moving together. Hip, knee, ankle, and foot. It's all coordinated in the squat pattern. The fourth tip comes with the spine now, the torso. Because your torso and your spine have to stabilize, it, have to, it has to provide a solid, stable base for your hips to adequately use all of the hip muscles in the squat. If you're not stabilizing the spine and you're not in a good position, you really put the musculature around the hips at a big disadvantage. So that's the connection between the core and the hips. So what am I looking for for neutral spine? Basically, the, the neutral curvature of your spine, so that neutral lordotic curve in the lumbar spine, uh, mid-back T-spine is stabilizing neutral good shoulder blade position too. Cervical spine is huge. That I'm trying to get a neutral spine too. You don't want to have that excessive cervical ex extension where people are looking up during the squat because that creates all this excessive tension down your the muscles running down along your spine, your back muscles, your erector spinae muscles. And that you have to uh, make that work together with everything else if you have excessive tension down there it might make your core work a little harder or make your hips work a little harder so you want to avoid having excessive tension in your cervical spine and your erectors and try to keep your head in that neutral position that brings me to the fifth point which i kind of covered briefly but head position is key so Along with that avoiding excessive cervical extension, looking up, right? You also want to avoid having your head forward because that will, again, create that same effect that you'll have a lot of excessive tension on the backside of your body, making changing the core dynamics, making things work harder than they need to work in the squat. So again, head position is key. Don't neglect just because it's a lower body exercises. Don't forget to look at everything from the head all the way down to the spine. The sixth key point is breathing. Breathing is a big one here. So for a basic squat, you should be able to create core stability, create that rigid spine so that you can actually use the muscles of your hips. But you should be able to do this with the right core muscles, not by holding your breath. Now, this is, this is a topic that I could spend a whole nother podcast talking about because, yeah, when you have like creating more intra-abdominal pressure, you have like the Valsalva maneuver and things like that when you're starting to squat heavier and heavier loads, that's a different conversation. But for the basic squat, for the most part, you want to be able to create adequate core stability, keep that spine neutral, and you want to be able to breathe while you're doing it because then the right muscles are helping to stabilize your spine and you're not using holding your breath as a crutch, especially with something just like a bodyweight squat. So those are the six, the six tips that I have to kind of see how you're going to tune up someone's squat. Now, the big question that I get asked a lot of times, basically, I'm watching people squat all day long. 
doesn't matter if you're coming off of surgery and rehab or you're just looking to improve how much weight you're moving, improve your explosiveness. I'm just watching people squat a lot. And the one thing that will make the biggest difference with how you perform in the squat or how you're applying this to functional movements is just by knowing what types of areas you need to tune up. If you become way more efficient in your squat, hands down, you're going to feel a difference when it comes to performance. You're also going to lower a lot of the injury risk because you're moving better. So people ask me, what am I looking for or what am I assessing in the squat? Um, And this is something that will kind of give you a roadmap as to how to attack this and how to address what areas you need to prioritize first. So I'm going to break this down really quickly. And this is just kind of the surface level tip of the iceberg because I want to give everyone some some basics so that you know what to look for in your squat. So let's start with the front view. Basically from the front view. So if someone is facing me and I'm watching them squat, right? I'm looking at them directly. This is the easiest angle for me to get a quick snapshot as to the hip ankle or hip knee ankle and foot alignment in that frontal plane so in that lateral plane how is their hip ankle knee and foot moving i can see easily if the knees are not aligned so this goes for that valgus angle if your knees are coming too close together that knock knee position or it also goes for that varus angle where your knees are pushing way too far out and you have that varus angle kind of that bow-legged looking squat That tells me a lot as to what your hip's doing, maybe what some of your imbalances are and how we can address those in the future. Also from the front view, I'm also getting a quick glimpse at the how level their hips are and how level their shoulders are. Basically, that gives me a lot of information as to what's going on possibly in their core with core stability, spinal stability, maybe any way that they compensate or any other um, movement or muscle imbalances due to their activity. So that's a quick snapshot from the front view. I'm getting just a a brief snippet of information like this is what I want to look at in the hips and the levelness of the hips and the shoulder and what's going on in the core. Now let's move on to the side view. So this is any side. Um, You can honestly look from both sides. You might have, especially if they have a very imbalanced squat, looking from the left side and looking from the right side might give you two different things. This is more information to give you ideas as to what's going on and maybe some areas that you have to address that asymmetry but basically quickly i walk to the side and in a couple squats what i'm looking at is is basically there's two things or i should say three things the first thing is neutral spine i think you can see if they maintain neutral spine throughout the whole squat there should be no movement in that lumbar spine no movement throughout their whole spine actually and What I'm trying to do is see, especially as they go through the range, especially in that bottom position, making sure that they can maintain that neutral spine and they don't have what we call or what the layman's term is, is that butt wing or really what's happening is posterior pelvic tilting. They're moving through that lumbar spine and putting their back at a at a position where we can't biomechanically handle a lot of load. So I'm trying to see if they can maintain that neutral spine and at what depth they can maintain that neutral spine. The second thing that is very key in the squat, I'm looking for the, the, if you look at their spine, I'm looking for the plane of their spine and the plane of their shin. And I'm looking for that relationship. Is it 
going to be about parallel? Is it going to be where their their uh, spine and their torso is angled way down, like their chest is facing the ground, or is it going to be where their their um, spine is facing way up, way too vertical, and they have this excessive um, forward shin angle where their knees are coming way past their toes. You know, I'm seeing how everything is moving. This gives me a lot of information as to what's going on in the hip joint and the knee joint and which joint or which muscle, like is it hip flexion or knee flexion? Are those muscles working extra hard and how can we make them work together a little bit more? Ideally, the big question that I get asked is that for a just a basic bodyweight squat, you want your spine angle and your shin angle to be relatively parallel. That's just basic squat mechanics. You're going to be using your quads and your glutes very balanced. If your if your spine angle is way more horizontal, like you're bent way forward at the waist, then that means that you're going to be using a lot more uh, glutes. You're going to be in a position where your glutes are handling much more of the load and you're kind of taking off some of the weight from your your quads or taking off some of that load from your quads because you're not sitting your hips down and vice versa if you're way upright like maybe like a front squat rack position if your spine is way upright and your shins are very steep like your knees are going forward a lot then that's going to be a lot more load on your quads basically of course there could be a lot of other things going on but basically that's what i'm looking at as a quick quick snapshot Um, The third thing I'm looking at is weight distribution. So this is where you can easily see is their heels coming off the ground or are they keeping good contact between the ball of their foot and their heel? And are they pushing pushing the ground through that heel so that they have a good anchor point and they're using their legs properly? So that's again from the side view. Now, as you rotate around, I'm going to move to the back view. The back view is, I think, where a lot of people tend to overlook or tend to miss information where I think the back view gives me tons of information as to what's going on in your squat. So the first thing, kind of similar to the front view, I can see from a different angle how level their hips are and how level their shoulders are. And you might even be able to see any deviations in the spine, any rotation or anything weird from the back view, just because the back is a flatter surface and you're looking at a better perspective. So you can kind of see what's going on in the torso there. Now, the second thing that I look at with from the back view, and this is the biggest thing I think that helps people to start to balance out their squat is I'm looking for a weight shift. Basically, I'm looking pretty much at their tailbone. Now, I can't emphasize enough look at their actual tailbone and not at the seam of the pants because the seam of the pants can sometimes be off-centered and then you're getting a false kind of like an illusion that they might be shifted when they're not actually shifted. So looking at the tailbone, I'm using that landmark and I'm seeing how does that track throughout the squat range of motion and does that track straight up and down and does that stay in the center, right in the center between their left and their right foot? Now, there's a couple common things that I usually see with weight shift. So the weight shift can be more laterally weight shift, like they're favoring one leg over the other. So imagine your hips and you just keep that same plane and where the hips are, and all you do is move it left or right. That's kind of your lateral weight shift. Typically, that's associated with you're putting more weight on one leg or the other. And basically, to correct that, you just have them overcompensate and then find middle ground. 
Um, I'll go over that in a little bit. But the second thing that's a little bit more complex is kind of the rotation. So the rotation is like they're literally swiveling one side of their hips forward and the other side of the hips is coming back. Now, typically, there's a combination of the two. So they're probably going to have some lateral deviation and some rotational deviation. But you're trying to see what is really causing majority of that weight shift because that tells you that they're using one side differently than the other. They're probably using one side more than the other and they're creating some imbalances. And this is going to translate when they start to load their squat with more weight or when they start to do squats, squats at faster speeds or when they start to do plyometrics. So we really want to try to balance this out as much as possible. Now, with all of this, with this being said, there's other ways that I kind of assess do they have actual adequate mobility? Because a lot of times if you don't have adequate mobility passively, there is no way that your squat is going to be better when you try to actively do a squat. So the first easy way that you can do to assess what kind of mobility limitations you may be um, fighting against is if you just lie down on your back, lie down on the ground or a massage table and lie down on your back. Basically what I'll do if I'm having them, um, if I'm looking at their squat pattern passively, is just kind of bring, bring their knees towards their chest, kind of like you're doing a squat pattern, and also try to dorsiflex the foot or pull the toe up. And I'll do this passively, so I'm moving them for them. And I'm looking for when does their, their spine come out of neutral, when do I hit some excessive resistance, and seeing what free range of motion or what fluid range of motion can I actually move them through passively to see do you have the actual, the actual mobility to carry out a bodyweight squat? Now, the second thing is if they do have passive mobility, then can they do it by themselves still lying on their back? Because if they can't control it lying on their back, then we have a bunch of things that we have to address first because you're not loaded in your spine on your back. So really, we're taking out kind of that core stability and we're just seeing... Do you have that control to control that range of motion or is it something that's limited and restricted? So basically that's a simple, simple way to check what mobility restrictions may be uh, contributing to why you can't get to the depth or get to the range or even just do a squat nice and smoothly. Now with all of this, I'm not going to go too in depth because I can honestly talk about this for, for hours. Uh, analyzing, assessing, and correcting someone's squat is is a process. It takes a lot of time, a lot of reinforcement, something that you have to practice over and over to make sure that you have the adequate mobility, the strength, the coordination, and you're able to carry this out to be, make it functional. I do want to leave with a few coaching corrections that will help probably a lot of people that's looking to tune up their squat or hopefully a lot of you listeners out there these are some basic corrections that you can think about to help you improve the way that you're squatting. So the first the first kind of coaching tip or the correction that I have is that I always address things in isolation first. And then the key thing is that you have to integrate it back into the entire squat movement pattern. So for example, the simple thing is a lot of times there's a lot of mobility restrictions with the squat. Maybe that's hip mobility. Maybe that's ankle mobility. Most people have adequate knee mobility, but if that's the case too, then you got to address some of that. Um, 
And basically, I address that in isolation and teach them how to control that range of motion actively, kind of in isolation. As we start to get better at that, it's kind of like a, a trial and error process or kind of chipping away at the problem. As you get better in isolation, you're going to want to integrate that back into the squat movement pattern. So now it's practicing whatever the issue is at whatever joint into the squat movement pattern. And I can't reinforce enough, just do what they can tolerate and what they can control. So let's say a typical thing that you guys always hear about is ankle restriction. So if there's an ankle restriction, then address some of that ankle mobility. And what you typically do is don't go to that depth where they can't access the ankle movement, right? You only want to stay in that range where they have that ankle control. So a lot of times you do something like you elevate the heels, you put something underneath their, their heels so that they don't have to, the squat doesn't require as much ankle dorsiflexion so that they still can work the right muscles and integrate it back into the squat and slowly start to lower that crutch, lower how high their heels are elevated until they can actually do the squat pattern. So again, that's kind of the first tip is address things in isolation and then integrate it back into the squat movement pattern. The second thing with muscle imbalances is, again, I kind of take that approach, address it in isolation, make sure that they can feel and fire the right muscles and start to integrate that into the squat movement pattern. But one big tip that I can give people is that whatever the mistake is that you're doing. So let's say with some of the lateral shifting or the rotational shifting, what you want to do is you want to apply slight resistance into their mistake. So if they're lateral, laterally shifting to the right, I might go on their left hip and push them more to the right and tell them, try to center me out. Try to find that center. Try to fight against me and feel what, you, what muscles you're using. And basically, by pushing them into the mistake, that typically gets the muscles that are not firing, the ones that are underactivated per se, to get them to fire so that they can slowly correct their mistake. So that's a key one, and you can do the, you can get creative with this. It could be, it could be in the core. It could be in the weight distribution of the feet. It could be with the lateral shifting of the, of the hips of the shoulders. But basically, getting them to feel what muscles they need to start to turn on and activate, and that will help them to get a good grasp as to how to do this on their own. Now, the next point, this is a this is a big one. I'm really really big on this is. I honestly think that the cue to try to keep your knees behind the plane of your toes is the worst cue known to man when it comes to teaching a squat. Yet it's so, it's so overly utilized that I think it helps people to get into a bad squat position. So I never really use the uh, try to keep your knees behind your toes cue. I really am looking at, again, how their hip, knee, and ankle is moving because based off of their you know, their anatomical levers, that's going to change their, each person's squat is going to be a little different. But if I look at how their hip, knee, and ankle is working together, that can help me to individualize the squat coaching to that individual. The second thing that I'm looking at is where is their weight distribution? Because that tells you a lot as to how they're controlling their center of gravity, but also how they're utilizing their muscles in the squat pattern. So, Instead of telling them keep their knees behind their toes, I just want to make sure that they know how to make the hip, knee, and ankle move together. 
basically you always want them moving together you don't want one to stop and the other two to keep moving or worse is two to stop and the other one to keep moving because then you're probably doing like a rdl or a or a good morning or something um the second thing is that again like i said i'm looking at weight distribution because a lot of times that will help to alleviate the stress uh, on the knee joint um, alleviate some of that shear force on the front of the knee alleviate any kneecap irritation so those two things are my ways that i coach and address the squat is hip knee and ankle coordination and weight distribution and you'll find that some people yeah their knees might be behind the plane of their toes but others it's probably not going to be behind the plane of the toes and that's okay because they'll feel the right muscles working then the last coaching tip that i have is that once they can do all of this they learn the motor pattern and everything. Then it comes the last step to try to translate this into functional movement. So that's where they should be able to maintain good motor patterns without so much thinking about it. They should be able to do this at faster speeds. They should be able to translate some of the basics into squatting, uh, moving fast, jumping, landing mechanics. So you want all of this to translate well into functional movement patterns, but also into their sport or activity and that honestly takes some time it's kind of going on the learning curve which is a whole different episode one that i'll touch on hopefully sometime soon but making sure that we are technical with the squat but then they can apply all of this technique into what they have to do functionally so overall this is kind of the basics of the squat and really proper squat mechanics is huge it's key to help you minimize injury of course it it helps you a lot to regain strength after injury. So whether you're rehabbing after, after some kind of knee injury or after surgery or ankle injury, it's really key that you help to tune up your squat so that you can get stronger in the right way. And lastly, tuning up your squat will always equate to better performance, especially if you use some of this basics to help you with more functional movements, the faster speed stuff, the conditioning stuff, the jumping and landing. It will always help you to perform better. So I know this was a lot of information and I tried to keep it simple and basic, but I might have taken this a little too long. But anyway, what I want all of you guys to do. So this is the call to action for this episode. What I want you to do is assess your own squat. If you have to replay that assessment section, yeah, set up a video camera, your phone, or have a friend kind of look at you and assess your own squat to see what kinds of things you may need to address to tune it up. And this will help you not only with exercise, but with everything in life, even just sitting up and down and all of these other functional daily movements that we do. So assess your own squat and see what you can tune up and kind of use these basic ideas or philosophies or concepts to address the, the issues in isolation first and then try to integrate it back into your squat. I plan to do a lot more of these kind of episodes to give you specific techniques to troubleshooting certain movement dysfunctions or certain areas, especially in something like the squat. So stay tuned for that in the, in the future. And also, what I want you to do is, when you're assessing your squat, I want you to send this episode to anybody that's dealing with injuries, knee pain, maybe plateauing in their squat form or just having a hard time to progress in whatever lower extremity activities send this episode to someone who you think this will help them out this 
information hopefully will help them to assess their squat and find ways to start to tune it up. And I want you to share this episode because it's a lot of the, this is honestly kind of the inside inside look as to what I'm doing with every patient that comes through the door with a lower extremity issue or just trying to lift and improve their lower body strength. So this is some key points that I find very helpful. It has helped a lot of the patients or clients achieve higher levels of performance, get back and return from injuries or minimize future injuries, which is key because you want to be able to perform at a high level, but also reduce your risk for injury. So again, please send this to anybody that you think this will help. Um, I, I really enjoyed talking about the squat. I'll keep it short. I'll leave it at that. I look forward to doing more episodes in the future. Again, if you can subscribe, share, comment, and rate this podcast and give me some feedback, I'd love to hear from all of you guys. And if there's anything that you want to learn about in the future, please let me know. Until next week, I'll see you guys later. Thank you for tuning in. Aloha.